So welcome to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. My name is Kevin Henry. I'm the co-founder of Ignite DA as well as the editor-in-chief for drbycuspid.com. And no matter where you found us, whether it was through Dr. By Cuspid or one of the many podcast channels that we're on, thank you for joining us. And I'm also very glad to have with us today uh, my friend and dental's pharmacology expert, and that is a uh, frequent guest, Tom Viola. Tom, what's going on? Kevin, how are you doing, my friend? It's good to hear your voice as always. Good to hear yours, buddy. I'm glad to have you back. I always love our chats. And, you know, I think that let's tackle a subject that, you know, I, I hate to say is very near and dear to your heart because you are a person who has survived COVID-19. Uh, you, you had it, you battled it. I know it was a, it was a rough time for you, but I think COVID has really ignited the whole oral systemic link connection discussion again. Uh, is that what you're seeing as well? There's so much uh, that's being discussed right now about COVID and oral systemic and also the, the effect of medications on immune system and as well as medications that are used for hypertension that have now been implicated in potentially being a vehicle through which the COVID-19 uh, virus can enter the body. So there's a lot going on. And yeah, you're definitely right, Kevin. It's it's spur that entire conversation. And and I guess, you know, we've, we've had so many articles on Dr. Bicuspa that have talked about COVID and this, COVID and that. How, in your opinion, do we keep from getting numb with all the COVID information that we're getting and yet dental professionals need to keep all of this top of mind? There's so much information right now that you really have to divide it in segments. You got to look at it at from a, a practice management standpoint, as far as you know what you need to know as far as infection control and even a little bit of OSHA, you know, for the our employees. But then you got to look at it from a clinical standpoint. You know, what what do we need to know to best treat our patients who may or may not be infected with COVID because of the potential for patients to be asymptomatic, as well as a whole new demographic that's becoming uh, more. Uh, likely to have the infection, which is younger people. I mean, yeah. typically we looked at older people having it, but what's, what seems to be coming, and again, I, I caution myself every time I talk about this because it's so fluid, is what seems what's coming now is a, a, a wave of people who have the infection who are younger and therefore don't have some of the chronic health conditions that made older people more susceptible to the, to the exacerbations of the disease. So they're younger, they're healthier, they have the infection, but they don't necessarily have the, the active disease other than, you know, they're basically asymptomatic. They, they don't have the respiratory disease, uh, or if they do, they have a milder form of it and, and they can withstand it better. So uh, you really got to split it up into those two categories. What's good for the practice and the employees and what's really good for the patients as far as uh, patient management. Well, and I was talking to a dental assistant over the weekend, and one of the things that she told me is that they're so nervous now because of this whole, as you said, asymptomatic thing, and yet somebody can be a carrier of it. And so somebody can walk in feeling fine and everything else, and maybe everybody lets their guard down a little bit, and yet that can be one of the most dangerous times. The, the fear is real, and it's, it's palpable, but it's also relevant. I mean, you got to face the fact that even if you scan someone, the, the minute they walk in that office and take the temperature and their temperature is normal, that doesn't mean they don't already have the infection and it'll become symptomatic later. That also means you really can't control who, who they've been in contact with, who may have been someone who has the disease and now has passed it on to them unknowingly. So it's even tough for us because some dental practices are asking their employees to get tested once a week. Well, okay, but in that week, yeah. 
they could have come into contact with someone who has it and who's asymptomatic and now they become asymptomatic or maybe symptomatic themselves. So I, I get the fear and it's, and it's certainly uh, legitimate. It, it is. And it's something that, you know, we, we have to keep our guard up, uh, whether it's those uh, procedures, whether it's the PPE, whether it's the questions that are being asked. And, you know, knowing that, Tom, what's going on in my part of the world here in Colorado is completely different than what's going on in your part of the world in the Northeast and how things are open versus closed or restricted. I mean, it, it's it's just interesting to try to get a firm handle on this as an industry and try to get some kind of things that regulate across the board. Well, you know me, Kevin, I'm, I'm much the same as you. I, I feel like, you know, we're watching a very slow moving wave. I hate to use the word, but it seems like it went from the northeast to the southeast to the southwest. And now maybe even the middle of the country, who knows? But that even makes it more important for us as dental clinicians to really identify those patients that would be uh, more at risk. And, and I will tell you, the one thing I haven't heard many people talk about are those folks that are on immunosuppressants uh, because they're trying to treat something like rheumatoid arthritis or uh, a, a autoimmune disease, or maybe they're trying to treat, uh, you know, even osteoporosis now has its share of medications that are immunosuppressants that can, uh, that can help someone, unfortunately, become more uh, likely to contract the, the disease than they would ordinarily. And, and, you know, a common thing that seems like for me and you to talk about is that medical intake form. And, and I'm guessing, again, that should be something that's being asked and maybe a little bit of a red flag for, for dentists or team members. Is that correct? Couldn't have said it better, Kevin. The, the medical history is so important. You know, we're so hyper-focused now on making sure that people uh, do, do this uh, quick questionnaire when they walk in the door. And, and that takes time. And then we've got to you know, put up all our PPE and that takes time. So we have to leave more time for appointments, more time for in-between appointments. And so one of the things that suffers when you're really in a, a stress for time is, you know, a, a good, complete medical history. It takes time. It's, it's labor intensive from that respe respect. And, and you've got to make sure that the patient's on board and knowledgeable about their conditions. So it's so easy to just say, yeah, everything's fine. I, I have no real issues or uh, any change to your medication. No, no, it's the same as last time. But that just opens a, a door for us to be able to say, okay, what's changed with this patient? Are they on a new medication? Does, does this make them more likely to be susceptible to disease? And let's face it, medications that, that drive immunosuppression can also drive an increased risk of periodontal disease and, and other factors that are more mouth-centric, you know, things that matter to us more in dentistry. I'd love your opinion on this and kind of the, the temperature that you're reading out there with the change in schedules, with everything that has to happen now for a patient to actually walk into the practice. Are you hearing that medical intake, that medical history is being asked and really focused on as much or, or is it not? I'm kind of curious for your take on that. I think it depends on the practice. You know, I, I think I would like to think that it's, it's you know, something that we're focusing on more because it seems like we should be focusing more on systemic health now. But uh, ironically, I need a third molar extraction coming up pretty soon. So I went to see an oral surgeon and I got to tell you this, this practice, it did everything right. Checked all the boxes, you know, um, took my blood pressure, asked me about my medications, asked me about my health conditions, reconfirmed, asked me in different ways. You know, and I'm sort of sitting there kind of quiet because... I'm just taking it all in. Like it's it's almost weird to be in that position. You know, I talk about this stuff so so much, and now I sort of have to practice what I preach. And they did it, and and I was very much impressed. And I told the doc after he got done, you know, a little bit about who I was and how who I am in dentistry, 
And yep. I told him, that, man, you, you, you clicked all the boxes, Doc. Good job. And, and his response was, that's what we do here. So if we can get more dentists and hygienists and assistants on board with that mentality that that's what we do here, yeah, I know it's not easy. Who, who wants to be saddled with all that extra duties, uh, all those extra responsibilities during a, a typical day in the office, which is already hectic? But it's even more important for us now to, to make that commitment, not just to our, our patients, but to ourselves. Because if we put ourselves at risk, we put our whole team at risk and our families at risk as well. And you know, it's something that we've got to think about. It puts the businesses at risk as well. Uh, if it's something that you're found negligent that you didn't ask about or, or document, you know, that can come back to haunt you. No question about it. We have yet to see the litigious part of COVID-19. I know a lot of legislation is pending right now about protecting small businesses and other businesses from those type of uh, suits. But, you know, I, to my knowledge, I don't believe I've heard or read about an office where a, a staff member contracted the disease from actually being in practice. They might have gotten it from right. practice. And that may be hard to prove anyway. But the point of that is, you know, what, what will a patient's rights be when they make the claim that, okay, uh, because this office didn't do their due diligence, I ended up getting the infection. Or worse yet, they spent so much time talking about COVID-19 that nobody ever asked me about my hypertension or my, uh, my re recently worsening cardiovascular disease. You know, that's why I feel for all of my friends in dentistry, because so much is being thrust upon them right now to do just everything in the same amount of time and, and at the same time run their businesses and run their practices. And again, at, at reduced capacity because of all of this overhead. You know, and, and Tom, switching gears just a little bit, another thing that the dentists and team members have to know about are kind of the latest in medications and things that are coming down the pike. And I know that there's something in terms of osteoporosis that you wanted to make sure that we discussed as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, for the longest time, you know, I, I sometimes joke with my students and I say, you know, dentistry is a great uh, industry, uh, but if you really want to make some money, get into pharma. So uh, come up with a, a medication that doesn't... Uh, cause nasty side effects and treats osteoporosis and you'll have a winner. And, and for the longest time, we haven't had a good medication for that. You know, we had drugs like uh, estrogen, uh, but that has been linked to increased risk of cancer and thrombosis. We had a drug like Avista that was linked to thrombosis. We had a drug like Forteo, a recombinant parathyroid hormone that was linked to osteosarcoma. And then we've got prolia and the bisphosphonates, which are linked to osteonecrosis of the jaw and atypical femur fractures. And so finally, we've got a newer drug that, that uh, sort of work, walks in the same uh, shoes as uh, Timlos and Forteo. Uh, this drug, Evenity by Amgen, great drug, but it's one of those uh, Zumab or MAB agents that you see so much of on TV now. All of these drugs uh, influence immunity in some way. So I'm glad to see there's a new agent out there. It, it has its own share of uh, nasty side effects and that it can worsen cardiovascular disease. But I just wanted, and that's why I, I'm glad we had a chance to mention it, Kevin. I just wanted to put that out there for for all of the uh, folks that are nice enough to listen to us on these podcasts, that even a drug that seems benign, like a drug to treat osteoporosis, is a cause for concern uh, for us in dentistry. And that's why I, I will say it until I'm old and, and too feeble to say it in my own mind anyway. And that is, you know, uh, pharmacology has never been more essential to patient care. You've you got to know about the patient's medications. You've got to know about the patient's medical conditions to be able to render good, safe dental care. And, and that's that extends to almost every medication, unfortunately, because it's so much to remember. And that's what my mission is, to try to make it easy and, and, and 
something you can absorb and use on a daily basis. And dental assistants in so many parts of the practice around the country, you're the one who's asking these questions. You're the one who's talking to the patient. You're the one who's kind of getting a temperature for if anything has changed with him or her. And, you know, that's why we bring Tom on this show is to make sure that you understand there's a lot that is changing. And while we're all worried and making sure that we're focused on our PPE and staying safe from COVID and everything else, the world is still going on. New things are coming out and we've got to stay on top of our game, not only in terms of infection control and prevention, but also in terms of knowing what can either hurt our patients uh, whenever it comes to, to dentistry or hurt our business down the road. Couldn't said it better, Kevin. I mean, I, I went to, like I said, the oral surgeon and, and it was dental assistants who greeted me, walked me in, took my blood pressure, took my medical history, you know, in my regular general dentist office, it's the hygienist who takes me in and she takes my blood pressure and she asks me these questions. So, I mean, it's, it's, I, I have a great love for a dental assistants and dental hygienists and dentists because it's really a team effort. But if you ask me who is the front door of the, a dental practice, who is the make or break, it's going to be the assistant because they are the, they are the ones that are involved in, in the day-to-day uh, procedures and, and some of the operatory work where hygienists are more specialized and, and I got, God, I love them to death. You know, assistants just as well are, are just as valuable and important to every practice because they can make or break a practice very easily. Luckily for this doc that I saw, his team was amazing and, and warm and receptive and did all the right things. And I just hope I can spread enough information out there that every office and every practice can have that same, you know, that same front door. Hello, how are you? Welcome to our practice. Well, speaking of information, I know that you keep your website, uh, blog updated constantly with what all is going on out there that dentists and dental team members need to know about. So uh, let's make sure that everybody knows how they can find that. I appreciate it, my friend, as always. You know, it's TomViola.com. That's where all things Tom Viola reside. Still working on my website. It's a, it's a definitely a, a labor of love. Uh, and everybody can also find me on both Facebook and Instagram at uh, Pharmacology Declassified. That's the name of the business that I founded that is entirely devoted to making pharmacology both practical and applicable and understandable. So find me there, find me on our website. They even take some CE courses if you need them. I've got, I think, about 17 courses there that you can take for credit at any time, day or night, online. Get your certificate uh, right then and there. And uh, check me out on Facebook and, and Instagram and on my blog on my website because that's where I publish all of the latest and greatest for dental pharmacology. And Tom, I'm going to wrap up by asking you one question. And I kind of mentioned it at the start is that you, you've dealt with COVID-19 uh, individually. You, you battled it. And, you know, I, I've heard from so many people who say, well, I don't know anybody who's actually gone through it. And, you know, I, I kind of watch from afar, you battle it. What, what's the biggest thing that you want people to know about, about this virus and, and what they should be wary of? You know, I think the greatest thing I learned uh, from my battle with COVID was uh, the value of fear. Uh, you know, I'm single, I live alone. And, and so when you're alone and, and you've got no one to really take care of you when you're suffering with these type of symptoms, uh, the greatest thing I could do every day was get out of bed, get dressed and, and sit at my computer and get worked on, even when I wasn't feeling so well about it, uh, because I, I just needed to stay active. But also, there was no lying, no exaggeration. There was that fear that uh, if I didn't get up, I may never get up and who would find me. So I, I see why people are so terrified of this, of this disease. I see why they don't want to deal with it on their own. 
I've seen enough of my friends who unfortunately passed away, people on the front lines, because you know they were trying to take care of other folks. I, I see how scary this disease is. It's, it scares me that it's still here, but I have great hope for the future, especially you know with the not just the vaccine. I know a lot of people want the vaccine. A lot of people don't. It's becoming politicized. I don't even care. I just want to know that we have options to treat this thing. And I'm hoping that if we learn anything else from COVID-19, we learn that there's a COVID-20 or a COVID-21, this time we'll be ready for it. And it won't be as great a uh, dramatic impact as uh, COVID-19 was. Well, I'm glad you're still around. I'm glad that uh, we, we get the opportunity to talk, and I'm glad that uh, you get to share a lot of your thoughts with with not only our readers on DutchByCuspid.com, but all of our subscribers through the DA Nation podcast. So thank you so much. I really do appreciate it, my friend. Kevin, you're always a good, a good buddy of mine, a good friend. You've been good to me all along. I am happy to go down this road with you, and I will be your happy, willing partner in sharing information as much as you'll have me, buddy, anytime. Well, then we'll, uh, after we get off of this podcast, we're going to make plans for another one. So just get ready. So it's all good. Sounds good. <laughs> well, and thanks to all of you for listening to this episode. We always try to bring on amazing uh, guests in the industry like Tom who can share his knowledge. And we want to make sure that we're bringing you the latest information that can help you not only succeed as an individual and as a practitioner, because everybody who's listening to this, you are a dental healthcare practitioner. I don't care what your title is in the in the operatory. You, that's what you are. And we want to make sure that you succeed individually and as a business as well. So if you ever have anything you want us to discuss, you ever have anybody that you'd like for us to bring on the show, certainly you can reach out to me at kevin.henry at igniteda.net. And I'm happy to work with you on that. But until then, thank you so much for listening. Thank you uh, for being a subscriber, whether that's to doshbycuspid.com or to the Dental Assistant Nation podcast. And until we meet again, Kevin Henry, co-founder of Ignite DA and editor-in-chief for Dr. Cuspid, signing off, hoping you stay safe and stay healthy in the days ahead.